T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to At Your Service. Brad Young sitting in with you for another hour. Uh, thanks for staying up late. We've got uh, an interview coming up in the second segment, uh, about 9.15-ish or so this evening. I want to talk to a computer expert, cybersecurity expert, Nick Powers, which, by the way, I mean, doesn't his name sound like he's like a secret agent? Hi, I'm Nick Powers. He j- I just wish I had a cool name like Nick Powers. But uh, we'll be talking to him about uh, there's some big news in cybersecurity, and we'll break all that down for you uh, coming up around 9.15 this evening right here on Camo X. Uh, I was talking about the, the, the best and the worst parts of 2021. We've had lots of calls, lots of texts this evening. Thank you very much for those. 314-436-7900. Still want to hear your thoughts throughout the evening, except, of course, when we're in the middle of an interview. But otherwise, would love to hear your thoughts on the best and the worst of 2021. I was giving an example right before the break of one of the best things about 2021. And I and I mentioned space. And I didn't, I failed to mention the DART mission. You know, we've kind of forgotten about it, but we launched, NASA launched a rocket in, uh, I believe it was the first week of November, uh, just about, uh, you know, a month and a half or so ago. And the purpose of this DART mission is to test our planetary defense system. I mean, again, this is this could easily be from an episode of Star Trek. So we're 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 going to test how to protect our planet from a rogue asteroid that could be, or even a comet for that matter, that could crash into our Earth. Now, listen. One of my favorite movies. <laughs> one of my favorite movies is the movie Armageddon. Okay, just because. I mean, Bruce Willis is clowning around, and are you really ever going to place the security of the planet in the hands of those guys? You know, never. You're never going to do that. When, when in that movie, when the government asked him to go and blow up this asteroid, they said, you know, what are you going to pay for it? You know, what, what do you guys want in exchange? And I think they all wanted never to pay taxes again, ever. And uh, one of the one of the crew said, "You know, I got all these criminal charges. I need you guys to to make them go away." And so there was there was no problem. Whatever they wanted, they were going to get it right. But but the but the solution to a rogue asteroid that's going to possibly be heading towards the Earth isn't to blow it up with a nuclear weapon, because then you're just creating more asteroids that are going to rain down on the Earth. So the solution 
is, and NASA has been talking about this for decades, the solution is to identify an asteroid years, maybe even a decade before it hits the Earth. Think of the math involved with that. And nudge it out of the way. So you change the trajectory of the asteroid so that it never impacts the Earth. And that's exactly what NASA is testing when they launched their DART mission about a month and a half ago. They found an asteroid, and it's not anywhere close to coming towards the Earth, but they're going to test the ability to, to, to literally push this asteroid into a different orbit. And it's going to have a kinetic impact, meaning the, the spacecraft will impact the asteroid and push it into a different direction so that it never hits the Earth in the first place. It's going to be our first level of planetary defense against comets and rogue asteroids. And we just launched it. And then, you know, after it launched, like a week later, everybody's like, oh, well, I don't care. I mean, you don't care that we're... We now have a feasible way to protect the planet from being destroyed, an extinction-level event, and we can fix it? That's really cool. And I can't even imagine the math involved because, you know, when I went to law school, I didn't think there was going to be any math involved in law school. And had I known how much math is involved with the practice of law, I probably would have done something else because I'm doing math all day long. But I'm doing the kind of math that's, you know, pretty easy. But these guys who are and gals who are working at NASA have to do astronomical, and I and I mean that literally, not as a pun, with regard to the figuring out all the calculations it takes to make a rocket, a spacecraft impact a meteor in space and to move it out of the way. It's phenomenal, and I thank them for that. One of the worst things, and I'm going to be bouncing back and forth, is media hypocrisy. Media hypocrisy. That to me is one of the one of the worst things about 2021, and I, and I give this a great example of of COVID. I mean, think about it. In 2020, when Donald Trump was president, we kept seeing these tickers of the people who were dying, and everyone was blaming President Trump for it. Well, I've got the numbers right now. In December of 2020, actually on December 28, 2020. There were 189,010 COVID cases in the United States. Today, there's double that at 380,000. Is anyone blaming Biden? No. Now, I, I don't think President Trump was at fault. I don't think President Biden's at fault. But the point is our media blame Trump and they're not blaming Biden. That's called, that is definitionally hypocrisy. The deaths on December 28 of 2020, during the Trump administration, there were 1,899 deaths. Today, under the Biden administration, there was uh, 50% more at 2,494 deaths. Is that Biden's fault? No. But the media blamed the death count on Trump, but they're not blaming President Biden. That, folks, is hypocrisy. I'll be uh, doing more of this as the evening unfolds, but uh, after this, we're going to talk to Nick Powers about the greatest computer threat you've never heard of. How's that for a tease? Stick around. We'll be right back on At Your Service on KMOX. You know, if I, if I say the word computer security, you immediately think of a virus. Of course, we've all got viruses on the brain because we hear COVID, COVID, COVID 24-7. 
But we're going to talk about the greatest, newest threat to computers that, first of all, you've probably never heard of. And secondly, it's not even actually a virus. So breaking all this down for us this evening is Nick Powers. He's the vice president at Uncommon, which is a technology consulting company that's based. Again, this is why I think Nick Powers is like a secret agent. His company is based at Scott Air Force Base. Again, how cool is that? Uh, Nick Powers, welcome back to Camo X. Hey, Brad. Great to be here, man. It's been a while, so I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I did, my friend, and, and same to you, and uh, all the best to you and your family during the holiday season. Uh, the, the thing that I've been prepping, and this is why I really wanted to talk to you about this, because you truly are the expert here, Log4j vulnerability. First of all, what is it, and how is this different from a virus? Yeah, this is a big one, Brad. Um, this is another kind of epic level uh, security vulnerability up there with, uh, you know, which was a little bit different situation with SolarWinds last year. But so as a developer, the best way to explain this is as a developer, when I'm building code, um, there's errors that occur as I build the code. And I want to capture all of those errors um, in a very, you know, easy to find, easy to search way. And so I put code all throughout my application, mm -hmm. and it's the same code. It uses a library, and then anytime an error is is raised by the application, it calls that code and puts it into a log for me. And then I go to that log and I review it, and I say, "Oh, well, that's my problem," and I go fix the bug. So essentially, what Log4j is is a guy developed a library that was really good, and it was so good that everybody wanted to use it when he put it on the internet. And so it got picked up by the Apache open source organization. And essentially a large majority of Java applications, instead of building their own code to do all this logging of the errors and stuff, they just inherited log4j in their code and use it to, to catch all their errors. Unfortunately, you know, this is an open source project. Uh, a major security vulnerability was not caught and as a result, uh, things like eBay, Minecraft, Google Docs are all susceptible wow. to an easy line of code being put into uh, even a chat box, and it actually allows you to hack a server and take control of it. Wow. Well, in Java, you, you mentioned the Java programming language. I mean, Java is in just about everything, like phones and computers and tablets and even our smart televisions, right? Absolutely. I mean, every Android phone is based on a variation of Java. You know, uh, the the operating system is a variation of Java. Uh, um, there's so many applications out there. Uh, Adobe Acrobats, either Adobe Acrobat or Adobe Reader is based on Java. You know, everybody has that to read PDFs. Um, this is a widespread problem. Minecraft, uh, it was interesting when they, when they found this bug, um, people were going into Minecraft chats putting this line of code in the Minecraft chat and popping the boxes is what we call it. So taking over the server just by putting it in a chat window. Unbelievable. So we normally, Nick, we normally think of computer security issues as being a virus. That is, someone is introducing code to take over your computer. But this is more like, and please forgive me if I'm not using the right technology or the right terminology, but is this more like a zero-day exploit where someone finds a vulnerability and can take advantage of that vulnerability uh, to do their own bidding, whether that's steal information uh, or implant more viruses into a computer system? 
Yeah, this is essentially a zero day. Um, what what has happened is they're not validating or what we you know. There's different ways of doing this, but they're not checking that when an error is raised that it doesn't contain malicious code that would allow you to access, you know, I guess you could say administrative rights on a server. And so, you know, as a result of that, I mean, people are actually putting it in their login name. So every time they log into a computer, it actually gives them access to the server. And so what's, what's essentially needs to happen now is every application that uses the, the, the library version that is exposed, which is a great majority of the versions out there, has to patch themselves to protect themselves against this vulnerability. And so we're seeing just a deluge of patched applications hitting the streets. And all these companies, you know, let's just think about the big companies in St. Louis, Centene, Stiefel, you know, all these big companies in town are just getting all of these yeah, and, and, and they have to go patch all this stuff. It's just incredible, the, the the stress right now on the IT offices of these large companies. Yeah, they're working overtime through the holidays. Uh, we're, we're talking to Nick Powers. He's the vice president at Uncommon, which is a technology consulting company based at Scott Air Force Base in O'Fallon, Illinois. And walk us through, Nick, how how this uh how people can exploit or use this exploit to gain access and and anytime you mention the word phishing of course people are thinking about bass and bluegill but this is phishing with a ph so how is it that that uh that uh, someone who w- wants to be a bad actor here and take over a computer whether that's a a hacker or someone that wants to to implant ransomware how is it that they use phishing to take advantage of this log4j vulnerability to implant a virus or take over a system? Yeah, so with this, so phishing is really the act of, you know, sending emails to people to try to convince them to click on a link and potentially give over their credentials. With this, you don't need to send an email. You don't really have to do phishing, Brad. You actually can log in on an actively running application server if you know a website you know uh, a server like a minecraft server that could be running the wrong version of the software and you just literally type in a string of code that is easily available you can google it right now copy and paste it and it will give you uh, root access to the machine and if you know what you're doing on a command line from there you can pretty much take over that that server and so what then happens is as a bad actor um, i can now start pushing things through that server and attacking people, I could, you know, the users on that server, we can potentially get to their credentials. And now I'm using their credentials to log into their email accounts or whatever else they can do with that, you know, push ransomware out. It, there's just a lot of things that can go wrong once somebody gets root access to a server. That's an unbelievable. This, 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 to me, just from what you've said, Nick, this to me is a is potentially even a greater issue than, than the normal ransomware or phishing because this is exponentially a larger threat. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and uh, it, But at the same time, you know, when we think about the day-to-day, Brad, you know, we think about how do we protect ourselves at home? And this isn't an attack on us at home. This is an attack on the applications we may or may not be using. And so we still need to be vigilant at home making sure we patch our own home machines, you know, run your Windows updates regularly, weekly, um, but also 
turn on multi-factor authentication on your accounts oh, because sure. even if they could get a hold of a username and password on one of these servers and try to use it to log in, if multi-factor is turned on on your email account, your bank account, your 401k Merrill Lynch account or whatever you use, they still need to have access to your phone to get your account. So you need to do your best to protect yourself uh, and then let the professionals in the IT shops at these server farms take care of the patching over the next several months, but at the same time, protect yourself. Yeah, and when you say multi-factor authentication for folks that aren't necessarily tech savvy, that's when you log into something, and even if you have a password and a username, uh, it wants to send a code to your cell phone, and then you have to put that cell phone code that was texted to you, you have to put that in on the application before you can start it up. Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely, yeah. So you can have it. Uh, you can have it call your cell phone. You can have it text your cell phone. Um, you could have it sent to a, a different email address. There's a number of ways of getting the code, but it requires a separate code, hopefully through a separate machine um, or uh, authentication, uh, you know, something else separate from what you're getting into, and that protects you from somebody hacking your account. And just so people know, you, you could have an up-to-date virus, because you and I have talked before about the importance of running virus protection, of having a good virus protection, of making sure that it's run on a regular basis. Uh, but it, it, technically, you could have the, the most secure virus protection on the planet. And yet, if these exploit, if this log4j vulnerability is still on your system, a virus protection program would not identify that vulnerability. So potentially it would now because I think algorithms are being updated to detect this. But I would say is this is not a attack on like my desktop at home. I don't have a server running that would allow somebody to exploit my log for any log for J issues on my machine. And that's the typical thing for your listeners. And so they don't really have that much to worry about at home. It's really about the professionals that are hosting websites um, running mobile applications for your phones, things like that. That's the people right now that are at risk. And those programs to detect these things, those have been, you know, this has been going on for three, four weeks now. So they've updated a lot of those algorithms to detect those at those server farms, and they're working really hard to sure. patch all those things and make it safe for us. But this could still impact individuals if, for example, a person relies on goods or services from a company and that company's server is attacked through this vulnerability, it could indirectly impact listeners on a very large scale. No, absolutely. Yeah, you could lose services here. Um, I know there was several companies, uh, you know, that we've talked to, some of them are clients, that chose to shut down websites that they owned because they'd rather do that than put their clients' credentials and other types of things at risk. And so they said, look, we're going to shut these websites down for a few days. We're going to get them patched. Uh, we're going to show an error message if you try to log into them, send out an email, let people know what's going on. But they've actually been taking sites down so people aren't at risk. That's amazing. We're talking to Nick Powers, Vice President at Uncommon. And, uh, Nick, if a person has a specific question about the Log4J vulnerability or if companies need assistance with just with increasing their cybersecurity to prevent hacking in general, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, Brad. So we're at uncommon.com and it's spelled a little weird. It's U-N-C-O-M-N.com. Um, you can find us on the web. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, we're here to help 
Um, we typically do provide advice to folks, uh, you know, just trying to get them oriented in the right way. And if they need extra help, you know, we're more than happy to jump in and uh, help them get out of these situations and or, you know, secure their systems at, a, at an extra level of uh, what we call DOD security. Uh, you know, our, all of our experience working for the Department of Defense has really built up a significant amount of experience in securing systems. And so we just like to bring that to, uh, to regular people as well. And uh, we're there and available for you. Very good. Nick Powers with Uncommon. Hey, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule, Nick, and uh, filling us in on the Log4J vulnerability. Looking forward to talking to you soon. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Brad. Have a happy new year. You too, my friend. And uh, when we come back from this break, we're going to continue our discussion of the evening of the best and worst of 2021. I would say Log4J vulnerability clearly goes into the worst category uh, because this is truly sinister is the word that I've been seeing attached to this vulnerability. It is sinister. But what's on your list? Text or call 314-436-7900 at your service. Stick around. Boy, here's another thing that's on my list of uh, the worst of 2021 and it comes from senator Rand paul i love that guy i mean i don't always agree with him there's a lot of times i don't agree with senator Rand paul but uh, most of the time i do and here is one of the areas that i really agree with him on and that is every year at the end of the year he he comes out with what he calls his festivus report and he, he stole the line festivus from it's a Seinfeld reference uh, about the festival, Festivus for the rest of us or something like that. So he comes out with this list of all of the wasteful spending that our government does every year. And this year, Rand Paul came up with $52.5 billion, with a B, $52.5 billion worth of completely wasteful spending. And, and, and I looked over the entire list, and, it, it folks, it would be like reading the phone book. I mean, it would just take forever. Remember what the phone books were? I haven't seen a phone book in years. But it would be like reading a phone book because it's that long. It's that long. But I wanted to highlight some of the more ridiculous things for you. Uh, we spent $549 million on an Afghanistan Air Force planes that were later sold as scrap. So there's... 550 million bucks, just throw it in the fireplace and burn it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And in addition to that, two point the 2.4 trillion, that doesn't include the 2.4 trillion in the construction of buildings in Afghanistan that went unused. It doesn't even we're not including that. Uh, we're just talking about the, uh, uh, the just these these airplanes that went completely unused. And Rand Paul breaks it down this way. He says that the average U.S. taxpayer pays about $15,332 a year in taxes. So that means if you look at this $52 billion that was wasted, $52 billion that was wasted, that would waste the taxes of 3.4 million Americans. So assuming everybody pays about $15,300 in taxes, you've just thrown gasoline and lit it on fire, all the tax money paid by 3.4 million Americans. Here's some of the, here's some of the things that he highlights. Uh, for example, 
It looks like uh, the the U.S. Agency for International Development spent $11.3 million trying to get Vietnamese citizens to stop burning their trash. So why are we spending $11.3 million to convince the Vietnamese they shouldn't be burning their trash? Let them spend the money to get stop burning the trash. We don't have to pay for that. But apparently Congress does. And at some point it was signed into law by some president. The federal government spent $25 million to help New York City display art projects around the entire city. So your tax money went to spend money to display art, $25 bucks worth, to display artwork in New York City. Well, here's what's ironic to me. The folks in New York want to defund the police, but apparently they want to display art to inspire the criminals who aren't going to be uh, slowed down because there aren't any police left if they're defunded. That's how absurd and ridiculous that is. But here, I think, is my favorite. Two, these two are my favorite. $3 million was spent to study how hearing good news or bad news affects your happiness. $3 million bucks. Well, you know what? I would have done it, listen, because I'm always looking for a bargain, okay? If the federal government would have come to me and said, Brad, we're going to spend $3 million on this study, I would have charged them only $1.5 million to tell them this. When people hear bad news, they're sad. And when people hear good news, they're happy. I would have only charged $1.5 million for that brilliant advice, and I would have saved the government another mil and a half. Uh, they should have called me. I would have been happy to save them. I, you know what? Now that I think about it, I would have done it just for a flat $1 bucks. It would have saved them $2 million and all the time and effort just to tell them that you're happy when you hear good news. You're sad when you hear bad news. Look at that. Could have saved them all that money. But here is the best bar none on this list. The government, the National Institute of Health, that's the guy that employs our own Dr. Fauci, National Institute of Health, spent almost $500,000, half a million dollars, and they gave it to Portland, Oregon's Reed College to fund a study on gambling that taught pigeons how to play slot machines. Folks, I, am, I couldn't make this up. This absurdities, these, this level of absurdity could not be fabricated. So half a million dollars went to teach pigeons to play slot machines. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with that. First of all, do we want to be teaching our pigeons to be degenerate gamblers? I don't think we want to be teaching our pigeons to do that, do we? And plus, they would poop all over the slot machines because that's what pigeons do. You give them food on one end, and they comes out the other end. That's what pigeons do. And uh, I don't think we want pigeons pooping over our slot machines, do we? No, we don't. Uh, but why are we spending tax dollars teaching pigeons to play slot machines? And, and the list goes on and on and on, and I'm not going to go through all of it. But it demonstrates, talk about the worst and the best of this year, that to me falls into the category of the worst of what's gone on in 2021 because it's wasting your money. And then when we wasted $52 billion on stupid stuff, you know, it reminds me of this. 
my <laughs> I've told this story, but it's been probably a year or two since I've told this story. So it'll be new to you. But when my oldest daughter was, I think she was like eight, and it was the first time she was going to a roller rink. And so I drove her to the roller rink. It was somebody's birthday party. So I'm driving her to the roller rink, and I gave her $5. I gave her a $5 bill, and I said, Catherine, I'm giving you this money because you need to buy a hot dog and a soda while you're here. I know you're going to be having fun. Spend it on your lunch. But Catherine, and she looked at me and I said, Catherine, don't spend it on anything stupid. Okay, don't spend this money on anything stupid. Okay, Dad, I won't spend it on anything stupid. All right, great. So then I go off and then I come back about an hour or two later to pick her up. So when I pick her up, she comes out to my car. And you know what Billy Bob teeth are? <laughs> it's these teeth that makes you look like you're from, uh, you know, you're a relative of the Beverly Hillbillies and you've got missing teeth and they're buck toothed and some of them are blacked out and it looks like you're, you know, that you had a bad day playing hockey because you're missing teeth. And so she's wearing these Billy Bob teeth coming out. And I said, Catherine, Catherine, the last thing I told you was don't buy anything stupid. And this is, I'm, I'm not making this up, folks. This is what she said to me. But, Dad, Billy Bob teeth aren't stupid. And, uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, they are. But the, reason, but the reason why, and you've had this experience with your own kids, where you give them money and they buy something stupid. Why? Because they didn't earn the money. If she would have had to have mowed my lawn to make that five bucks, I promise you she wouldn't have bought Billy Bob teeth. All right. She would have done something important because she would have said that money in my hands represents an hour of my work mowing the lawn or 30 minutes of my work mowing the lawn. And so I need that's that that was hard work to get that money. So I have to do something important with the money that I got for the work that I performed. But when I just gave it to her, it didn't cost her anything. So she could go buy stupid Billy Bob teeth because it didn't mean anything to her. Think about how that applies to our federal government. They forcibly extract your tax dollars. They don't earn it. They don't do anything for it. They simply want you to pay them money for the privilege of living in this country. Now, I'm not opposed to paying taxes. I pay quite a bit of taxes. Trust me. I'm not opposed to that. But what I'm opposed to is, is the frivolous nature of what government does with something that they've received that they did not earn. And the government gets money that they did not have to work to get. They just pass a law that makes me give it to them. And in that sense, our federal government is no different than my eight-year-old daughter. And when you look at spending money to teach pigeons to play slot machines and to train, spend $11 million to train Vietnamese people not to burn their trash in their yard, folks, that's Billy Bob Teeth on a grand global scale. And your government is buying Billy Bob teeth with your money. How does that make you feel? It doesn't make me feel good at all. Because it certainly doesn't make me want to pay more in taxes when I know what kind of stupid stuff are they going to spend it on next year. Instead of building roads, building highways, defending our country, protecting our citizens, paying for education, doing things that we expect our government to do, they're lighting this money on fire and smoking it like a cigar with the money 
that you've worked hard all of your life to earn. And that's why you value your money more than the government values the money they extract from your wallet. And that's why that makes me angry. Uh, I'm going to get some more uh, goods and good things and bad things about 2021 and some other silly news of the day, like, and this is my tease going into the break, the pantless couponer loses her right of publicity lawsuit. The pantless couponer. What does that mean? Well, stick around. I'll fill you in after this break. Brad Young at your service on KMOX. You ever heard the legal term? It's called a right to publicity, a right of publicity. And essentially what that means, and it ties into the story. I'm not just trying to teach a a law class here. Uh, But what it means is, is that you have the right to your image. You have the right to your name, your likeness, any recognizable aspects of your physical or self or your persona. You own the right to that. That's called the right of publicity. And, and for example, uh, you can't, there, years ago, there used to be people who would come on and do impressions of people for commercials. And then that all got shot down because if you're doing an impression of someone for a commercial, then whoever it is that you're doing an impression of, they own the rights to their likeness, even if you're doing an impression of it. Now, that doesn't apply to comedy. That's why SNL can make fun of everybody. But in a commercial sense, you can't do that. So here's, here's what happened. The, 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 the name of the case, it just came down this week, and I love these kinds. I'm always looking for these kinds of lawsuits because it makes me laugh. And uh, uh, this person's name is Miss, Ms. Anderson. I don't have her first name. It's not relevant. But apparently what she did was this. She went to a Best Buy store. I don't know where, but she went to a Best Buy store. And she wanted to use a coupon to buy some high-end equipment at this Best Buy. And the Best Buy people told her that, hey, look, you can't do that. These coupons aren't good for that. You can't use those coupons here. Please either buy the equipment or leave the store. So she dropped her pants in the Best Buy <laughs> as, as a protest. Now, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if she thought that that would somehow allow her to use the coupons. I, you know, I don't know. Some ideas come to mind about maybe she thought that her buttocks looked that good, that it would allow her to get the coupons used. I don't know. Was it a protest? Was she mooning the guy? I mean, I don't know. You'd have to ask Ms. Anderson. Or, or maybe when she dropped her pants, it made everyone turn away and run in horror. I don't know. I don't know. But she'd somehow dropped her pants and thought that would somehow solve the problem, which I don't think she really thought this through. So what? apparently someone, as anything happens today, someone shot video of it, right? Uh, because And that's proof that aliens are not here on Earth because everybody on Earth now has a, a full camera studio in their pocket called a cell phone, and they'd shoot video of it. We haven't seen it. But back to this issue. So someone shot a video of Ms. Anderson dropping her pants in the Best Buy. And, and there is apparently something called Coupons in the News, which is a website. And it's for people who use coupons. And they thought it was funny, and they ran this story about Ms. Anderson dropping her pants, and they showed some of this video. Well, 
Ms. Anderson, apparently, again, not thinking this through, she drew yet more attention to the fact that she dropped her pants in a Best Buy. And uh, so she sued the store for viol- or sued rather the uh, the website coupons in the news, alleging that they improperly used her image of her buttocks uh, for commercial purposes, and therefore it was an advertisement, and therefore she thought she was entitled to money. Well, the court the court didn't see it that way, and they dismissed her case, uh, citing and I, there's a lot of legalese here. But basically what she said was, what the court said was this, uh, that they weren't using it for a commercial purpose. They were using it as a news story. And because it was a news story, they didn't need to pay her any money for a violation of a right to publicity. Uh, So not only did she not get the TV set at Best Buy, she lost on the lawsuit, too, for dropping her pants. So she's a two-time loser. But it just kind of reminded me, my favorite case in law school, my favorite case that we studied was, and I don't remember the name of the plaintiff's name, but some guy who was in prison, he was in prison his, most of his life, he decided to sue Satan because Satan had ruined his life. And so, <laughs> so he filed this lawsuit against Satan for the crimes he committed and all the th- bad things he did in his life. And, and so he was asking for a billion dollars in damages because he was in prison and his life was ruined because of what Satan had done to him. And the court actually wrote an opinion on this case when it was dismissed. And what they wrote was is undoubtedly, and I'm going by memory here, the, the judge wrote, undoubtedly, this person has been negatively impacted by Satan. There's no question about it. However, lawsuits require personal service. You have to serve a lawsuit on someone when you're suing them. And since uh, there is no way to personally serve a lawsuit on Satan, then unfortunately we will have to dismiss your lawsuit. And that was my, uh, that was my favorite case in law school because obviously the judge had a sense of humor. And I appreciate a very good sense of humor. And you know what else I appreciate? I appreciate you staying up with us tonight here on At Your Service. Uh, Coming up next at 10 o'clock, we've got the best of Dave Glover. So you're going to want to stick around for the DGS best of at 10 o'clock this evening on KMOX. I'm Brad Young. Thanks for staying up late with us. I will talk to you next Wednesday night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.